On this episode of The Bourbon Hunters, Tyler and Dude host Dr. Kenneth Maverick and Kevin Graham from Maverick Whiskey Distillery. Listen in as they discuss the storied history of the brand and the whiskey as they sip on some expressions from Maverick Distillery. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our partnership with Greenline Goods. This four-year-old company is based in Chicago and creates etched and printed glassware, including whiskey glasses, wine glasses, tumblers, mugs, shot glasses, and they're also launching a line of hand-blown crystal drinkware. Check them out with the link in our bio and save 15% off using the discount code BOURBONHUNTERS. You can also check them out at greenlinegoods.com. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Drew Poole. I'm joined by Travis Shavers. And uh, today on the show, we've uh, we've got Maverick Distilling. Uh, so, uh, who do we have on with us here? It looks like uh, we've got Dr. Uh, Ken Maverick and then uh, Kevin as well. You're uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick and let us know uh, what it is that you do. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. We're excited to to be here and be able to talk about bourbon. Of course. Yeah. Uh, my name is Ken Maverick. Uh, my, my day job is uh, I'm an ophthalmologist um, in San Antonio, and um, I've just been a huge bourbon fan uh, for, for a long time and to the point where I started doing it on, on my back porch, kind of kind of ruffling through some old family letters. There's kind of a tradition of uh, my great-great-great-grandfather, who was Sam Maverick, who was a survivor of the Alamo. Um, closing deals or land deals with a barrel of bourbon and a handshake. And so um, I thought that was pretty cool and and, uh, started doing it at home like all amateur distillers uh, do. (laughs) And uh, we opened a distillery and quickly learned we needed a professional like Kevin. Kevin, (laughs) let me introduce you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, I've, uh, well, Distilling at home was illegal, you know. Um, <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions. I, <laughs> I, I've been doing it's, this. It's medicinal. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I've been doing this for about well, coming up eleven years. Um, so I've been I've been around a little bit. Um, I started out in North Carolina and uh, got a, a distillery up and running for some other folks out there, and then. Due to a grandchild and this opportunity, um, moved my way out here to Texas. All right. So uh, tell us, I guess, about the company and uh, like when you started and, and uh, you know, the order of, uh, you know, distilling and things like that. Like, did you start with that? So just for everyone at home, we have a, a Texas dry gin, a rye whiskey, and then a, a straight bourbon whiskey as well in front of us. Uh, so, you know, let us know what was the progression there for you guys and, and uh, you know, how did that all work out for you? So it was kind of a, a nexus of a, a few things where um, I really got into, you know, a lot of different kind of uh, bourbons and, you know, really wanted to, to kind of come up with, you know, the kind that, you know, we, I liked and my friends liked and the kind of, you, you know, drink on your back porch. I mean, I, I call it my Friday night bourbon. Uh, and we, um, at the same time, uh, kind of came across this this treasure trove of, of these kind of old family history and letters and 
a lot of stories there that I'm also a kind of a, a history buff, a Texas history buff. And, you know, realize a lot of these stories we need to, you know, tell and tell to my kids and, you know, preserve, um, you know, kind of learn that, you know, the stories that are in the history books aren't always the ones in the firsthand accounts that, um, you know, happened, uh, you know, at the Alamo and some other kind of history of San Antonio. And um, at the same time, uh, my wife uh, said she loved me, but she disinvited me to keep making bourbon at home. (laughs) And uh, so uh, this this old bank building downtown uh, that was the Lockwood Bank building, uh, just happened to sit on our original family homestead next to the Alamo. And, you know, that's kind of when the beam of light came down and, and said, you know, this is, this is, you know, good karma and this is supposed to happen. And it was this old dilapidated building. That's a beautiful building, but it had been abandoned for a number of years, uh, that really just needed some love. And, um, we, we restored the building, which took a couple of years. And then, um, you know, along the way, um, you know, designed, as Kevin will attest to, a, a very hands-on uh, distilling process because it's, it's probably the smallest distillery, uh, you know, in, in the world. We, we cram a lot of um, equipment and big equipment in a very small space and, and have to, you know, move grain by hand and, and you know, use uh, a system of pumps and, and tubing to kind of really move everything around because uh, there's not room for a forklift in there. And so, you know, I, I like to say, and Kevin may groan, but uh, it's the most it's the most handmade uh, spirits you know that, that you can have, basically, uh, just because um, it's 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 really hands on. And um, we started out, many distilleries do, with um, you know clear light whiskey. Um, we have our gin, which which that uh, came out in our first year, and then we're now having some of our um, aged spirits that, um, as we've been you know, open or at least distilling, you know, for three to four years now, you know, that's starting to come out of the barrel and it's getting better and better. So I, um, I guess generally what we like to do is, is drink as we go here and, and, uh, talk about it as we, uh, as we drink. If, if you were to recommend a, an order of operations here, what would you uh, start with between the, the rye, the, uh, the gin and the, uh, the bourbon? I would probably start with bourbon. Okay. Um, well, we've got that poured out, so we're, we're in good shape then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us. The, the one, yeah, go ahead. The, um, the bourbon, it's a, it's a high percentage corn. It's about a 71% uh, corn base, and, and it's a Texas corn. Everything that we use here is all Texas sourced, except for the gin have to get mediterranean juniper but um it's very sweet the corns in texas um, uh, really give off a lot of sugar so you have a little sweeter bourbon and it's great for cocktails and that kind of thing when we graduate to the uh to the rye Uh, when we graduate to the ride, you, you'll see more of um, a crispness, a nice spiciness to it, because obviously less corn. Sure, sure. So uh, Kevin has such a radio voice. He does, actually. Yeah, I was thinking the same. <laughs> I, I have been told that before. <laughs> so, uh, so Kevin, tell us about. Uh, I guess you know. Did you 
did you guys ever source or, and I'm assuming if you didn't, uh, you probably started with like, uh, Jen is, is maybe, uh, one of the first things you did and, and then, you know, moved into, uh, the bourbon and the, and the rise. I mean, I, I can jump in cause I've been here from the start. All right. Uh, Kevin, jo Kevin joined us, uh, about a year ago. And so, you know, when we were building out our distillery, um, we reached out with our recipe, uh, to another, um, the, you know, distiller who had capacity. And so some of our first run, the, the um, barrel, and then uh, currently our, our kind of regular bourbon um, are, are distilled in Texas, but they're not distilled downtown. We do bring them in uh, after that. And we do the uh, production and filtering and bottling, you know, all in-house. But uh, some of the first runs um, that, that you're tasting now um, are made not not far from us, but uh, not in our downtown facility. Okay, nice. yeah, I mean that's a, I, I think a pretty common uh, starting point, oh, yeah. you know, for a lot of uh, distilleries. So uh, so tell us about what's in the glass here. We've got the uh, Samuel Maverick uh, straight bourbon whiskey, and now this is the barrel proof. Um, so tell us about this, and then tell us about any other uh, bourbon offerings that you uh, that you have. Well, the barrel proof is. is that particular whiskey is a regular bourbon, but um, we took a, a, a rounding of the barrels because you'd never know exactly what you're going to get out of a barrel. So we found that 114 was a, a pretty sweet spot that we could be sure to get. Um, so 114 proof, it's that large corn malt bill, and um, it's got a nice sweet easy drinking it's one of those you can drink like you're drinking now nice and open and i don't do foo-foo drinks so i i want to make uh whiskeys that uh, i want to drink um that being said we, you obviously have the rye there but we also make uh, a wheat whiskey um it's real earthy it's nice it's more the people that uh, will like it probably would like um, Irish whiskeys or single malts, things like that. You get a little smoke and it, it's not uh, overpowering. It's not real sweet. Um, the uh, We make a triticale, um, which is exciting. Um, it's probably one of my favorite whiskeys that we do make. Um, we made it kind of as an accident. We were producing rye and... Uh, ordered an order of rye and put it through its paces uh, and it really started rocketing off and we couldn't figure out what was going on and come to find out our malter had uh, replaced one of our rye bags 2,000 pounds worth with triticale uh, grain so now we have it in the fermenters and now what do we do with it <laughs> so we went ahead and, and put it uh, through its bases and into barrels. And a couple of years later, we pull it out. And, my gosh, it tastes pretty darn good. So uh, going forward, we're, uh, we've actually put in orders now for triticale. So we're going to start putting that into the production. Now, so, did um, you have any indication when you were tasting, you know, the white dog that was after, uh, after it had originally been? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I think it's kind of. I had never experienced triticale in uh, 
in his raw form. So I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect, but the cross between the wheat and the rye really gives you a balance between the earthiness and the spiciness. Um, and it, 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 it tasted really good off of the still and uh, even better after a couple of years in the barrel. Wow. It was about a, there, there, there may have been some, some words said initially <laughs> when we found this mix up. Uh, but af- after, you know, six months and then a year, you know, call, called the malt house. And, and I apologize because we realized that, you know, th- this is going to be okay. Ha- happy accident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, not, uh, a, not a cheap one, I'm yeah, sure. Right. Right. But we also, uh, on that, we have another one that's more of the, uh, uh, along the lines of Sam's original uh, recipes uh, that's currently not on the market, but it's a well-balanced three grain whiskey uh, and that'll be coming to market soon. But, uh, so what are the, what are the three grains in that one? Corn, rye and wheat. Okay. Or no, no, oh, no, no. barley. I, yeah. Bar, barley. Okay. So, uh, that one's coming soon. So, so what do you have today in the market here? So obviously we've got this Samuel Maverick, um, uh, straight bourbon whiskey. This is the barrel proof. Do you have a, a standard, uh, yeah, there's a, a traditional bourbon whiskey, uh, the barrel proof. Um, we have the gin and the rye is, is available for, uh, on premise only. And just, point. it's in distribution, uh, yeah. in a few, in a few places now. Okay. Right. So it's starting to be in liquor stores, our rye. All right. So, uh, the Samuel Maverick, the, the straight bourbon whiskey, foolproof that we have here. You said you've been distilling. So this is this is what uh, did you guys start in 2017, or this was barreled in 2017, or what's the what's the history on that? I see that. So we we started. Yeah, no, it was um, started, and this is when we did. This is why we were building out our premise, um, and so it, it was started and barreled 2017, 2018. Um, and so it's, it's two years old now or more, um, as, as we're, we're bottling it. Are they, uh, is this, a, I can't tell, is this a single barrel or are they batched? It's a batch. Okay. And then how many, uh, if you can tell, um, how many, uh, barrels go into a batch for you guys? Um, I mean, it's, it's about. I mean, it, it varies depending on how much, you know, is, is being, uh, you know, put, put in Kevin, you, you probably have a better idea than I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, it's more along the line of supply and demand. Sure. So, you know, depending on what we need is what gets harvested. Sure. Um, so between three and four barrels at a time, oh, wow. nice. you know, get blended in. Um, and sometimes only a couple barrels. So, um, it, it really depends on what we need to package. Nice. So you, you, you probably still get some almost, uh, single barrel attributes to it. You know, like one batch variation. might, yeah, one batch might not be identical to the next and that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get that anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, every barrel's different and, um, craft distilling, uh, 
is more of a hands-on science instead of an exact science. So each batch is just a little touch different. Um, I try and pull a barrel, uh, several barrels when I'm looking to harvest and, and uh, I'll have some young ones and, and some older ones and try and blend them to where we have something that's pretty consistent. Now, with uh, being in, in Texas, San Antonio, right? So um, what are you guys doing from uh, like a, a storage or an aging facility? Are you are you doing any type of climate control? Or are you letting the Texas uh, heat take over and, and really impart the wood and, and everything that you come to expect from the, the Texas whiskeys? So we age it on a ranch. I mean, is there any other way in Texas? <laughs> so we have a, you know, essentially a big barn uh, where, you know, our, our 53 gallon barrels go. We do have a, a kind of a collection of 30 gallon barrels that we actually age in the old bank vault below our building. And we actually pump in outside air um, to, you know, mimic the outdoor environment because it's, it's subterranean and you know, the, the temperature doesn't vary very much. And so we're probably the only building in San Antonio in August who's pumping air into their building <laughs> when it's 110 degrees outside. Sure. And so, but um, the, it, it, the, the ranchito, as we call it, uh, the, there, there's a, you know, it's essentially a rickhouse that um, is not temperature controlled. Um, we do have a, you know, kind of a fan there that we can blow down. It, you know, we don't want it to be 140 degrees in there. Sure. Um, and so it, 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 it doesn't typically get over hundred degrees there, but we, we want some of that to, you know, kind of steep into the barrel as well. So what are your, I don't want to call it winter. I mean, in Texas, but what are your winters like in San Antonio, as far as, um, you know, what are your lows of temperatures? Okay. This time, this exact time last year, it was two degrees, oh, wow. which is highly unusual, but what was interesting is inside the barrel house, um, just, you know, because of the, the mass of, you know, liquid and there's a lot of, you know, there's a big concrete floor. Um, it didn't freeze. And, you know, th this leverages into another story where we, we just we had, we're about to plant a, an olive orchard out there and we brought our, all our olive trees in and they survived because it stayed warm inside. Basically, the barrels kept it warm. Oh, yeah. I, and so all that liquid, uh, I'm sure we, has to... we replanted them. Um, a few weeks later and, and every other olive orchard in South Texas basically froze. And so, um, you know, in some ways our, our, our whiskey saved our olives. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. But it's not, it's not typically that cold. I and mean, that, that's some of the coldest we've seen here. Uh, you know, it, you know, this time of year, you know, lows and maybe the, the high thirties and then, um, you know, days get to 60, 70 or so. Oh, wow. So you get these almost some uh, good variation, yeah, very major variation just throughout the days, yeah, that's cool. I, Correct. I, I'm a big fan of that in in whiskey aging, um, or whiskey macerations, as we should call exactly. it. Exactly. Um, say the same thing. <laughs> so uh, I, I like the in and out movement of the barrels um, to really get that quality. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing I've noticed with most of the Texas whiskeys that I've had is. You know, they, they assume a color a little bit quicker, I feel like, but they also, um, like you said, the maturation, they might get the wood quickly, but sometimes that oxygen or that oxidation, you know, doesn't happen as quickly, or not as quickly, I should say, but doesn't go at the same rate as that acceleration from the, you know, the, the, uh, the wood, um, you know, maturation does. So it, it gives it a, a unique flavor to it for sure, which I, uh, you know, definitely enjoy. 
So uh, let's talk about this uh, straight uh, bourbon whiskey here. This is the, the barrel proof. It's 114 uh, proof, so 57% uh, alcohol. Um, I, just first off, the packaging. I, I love the bottle. Uh, there's, it's fantastic. Yeah, there's like an antique uh, feel, and it's a, it's a nice sturdiness and heaviness to the bottle, especially at the bottom too. Like, yeah, you know, it flares I, out a I little. Just bit. lost you. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, the bottle and the packaging and um, how we really enjoy the bottle, the embossing of the, or if that's the right word, but um, it's got almost like a a ribbing to the to the top of the yeah. shoulder. And then the name whatever. the name at the bottom is also yeah. embossed in there as well. Um, and then personally, one of the things that I love that distillers do in general, um, some do, some don't, but they put a, you know, you guys put a, a larger lip on the, on the top and that just, it's a good grabbing point. Yeah. yeah. Um, we definitely have some, some bottles, you know, I think like Kentucky spirit comes to mind where if you just grab the, the <laughs> stopper and slip right out of it, uh, out of there your goes your bottle. Um, so <laughs> Like, like I, I appreciate that, I yeah, would say. For sure. And and the label is really nice too. Yeah. It's got a nice um I, I don't know what the, the wording is for, but there's definitely some uh some texture some gloss. to it. Some, yeah, te- a texture, but some gloss and some matte as well. Yeah, it's it's this is a bottle that uh would look good on any shelf. I mean yeah. honestly, this isn't one you're gonna put to the back of a shelf, it's gonna be one you show off on the front. Uh so a really good design. Um, I think a lot of a lot of uh, I think bourbons and whiskeys right now are starting to embrace the idea of the of the bottle, but I think for a, a long time those were just it was more in the label than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. uh, yeah, I I'm a big fan. The Samuel Maverick um, signing there yep. on the bottom is intense because that's his signature off of the Independence for Texas. Um, so cool. we put that on the bottom of the barrel. So there's history even in the bar- bottle. Yeah, and that so that's the next thing. And I, I know we just lost Ken, so hopefully he uh, joins back in. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean the so the history. It sounds like he is what was it the great 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 was it two greats or three, three greats? greats? So the great 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 yeah. grandson of Samuel Maverick, who was one of the signers of the Texas Declaration of Independence, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's that's pretty um, impressive. That's cool. And he was at the Alamo. Um, One of the survivors. And because of his influence uh, with government and, and whatnot, he was an attorney. They sent him to get help. And by the time he had gotten back, everybody was dead, of course. Oh, wow. Okay. So he decided to make San Antonio his permanent home. And he was going to to honor all his friends that died at the Alamo. Um, he wanted to do something for them and, and about them. So he was the one that really created San Antonio. There we go. So we got Ken back. It looks like, all right. Oh, uh, as far as the, the city itself. Right. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I did not know that. Neither did I. So that's that's good news or good information or a good story I think. Uh, um, and Ken, you're you're if you can hear us, you're still on mute. Um, I know we lost you for a second. It looks like you're back, but uh, yeah, there you go. I'm back. <laughs> um, so uh, that's a I mean that's a really 
good story. I like that. So, so Ken, he was just telling us about a little bit of the history of the Samuel Maverick, uh, you know, the, the history of the, the Alamo and, uh, being a lawyer and all that. And, um, so this is how long has the distillery, you said it's, it started in 2017. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, we, we formed the company and, and started the, you know, kind of construction, you know, in 2017, um, we started distilling, um, in early in our, in our own place, um, in 2018, um, and then, um, opened, a you know, the restaurant, we have a restaurant associated with it and a kind of an event space and we do historical tours and that sort of thing, um, uh, that summer. And so, and, you know, it was plugging along until about March of 2020 and things were going good. And then, uh, we got shut down. Uh, we, we kept distilling actually, um, and actually turned to make hand sanitizer like a lot of distilleries did for, you know, first responders and hospitals. And right. I mean, I'm a physician, my wife is as well. And so, you know, that kind of, you know, hits close to us. And, uh, it, it was, you know, some of our, you know, very, uh, you know, looked after and, and you know, uh, grain spirits that we have in our gin, uh, we turned into hand sanitizer, <laughs> which, you know, at the, at the time, uh, you know, it seemed like the world was ending and, and, uh, or, you know, we're glad we did it. Um, we had a hard time getting, uh, grain at the time and we had ranchers donate corn. And I mean, it was a neat, you know, neat to see how people really rallied yeah. to, you know, kind of get this. I mean, there were some of our busiest days. And I remember one day there's probably a line of cars going down Broadway. Uh, you know, it was probably a mile long cause target and Walmart and everybody didn't have hand sanitizer and we were, you know, bottling it, making it as fast as we could. Wow. That, that's certainly not, not something when we started doing this, we ever <laughs> saw ourselves doing, but right. I, I'm really glad we're making bourbon again. <laughs> <laughs> was it, yeah. was it a nice, uh, you know, uh, moneymaker during the time? The hand sanitizer? No, yeah. I mean, we oh. gave most of it away um, uh, to the city of San Antonio and first responders. And uh, we did sell, you know, some small quantities out the door, um, you know, mostly to pay salaries. We didn't, you know, we didn't lay anybody off in our distillery and kept our, um, you know, some of our restaurant staff, nice. you know, on. And, you know, our, our, chef at the time was filling bottles and, you know, I mean, everybody was kind of all hands on deck. Um, but you know, we're not, again, we're, we're small. And so, you know, we knew we couldn't do this for long, but you know, we filled a gap for a month or two and, um, well, you know, it was just needed and just, you know, it was just the right thing to do. I think. Sure. Do you guys, so you have a restaurant. Tell me about, tell me about that. So our distillery is on the first floor. And there's a, a restaurant or tasting room, as we call it, on the second floor of the building that uh, it overlooks the distillery with glass. Um, and yeah, our, our type of food is kind of Texas fine dining. Um, the the steak and in, in the ranch we purvey our, our meat from is actually um, the, the same location uh, around Floresville, which is a little south of San Antonio where kind of the legend of the Maverick uh, name came from, where uh, Kevin may have mentioned, you know, Sam Maverick was a lawyer, but and not really a rancher, but 
He uh, inherited this herd of cows really as a payment of a land debt. And uh, the foreman he put in charge of the cows didn't really tend to the herd very well and didn't brand them. And uh, when the neighbors would say, you know, there's an unbranded cow, that's one of Mavericks. Uh, that's where the name came from. And so, the you know, generations later, uh, that that plot of land is still has cattle on it. And that's where we get our beef from, uh, for, you know, our, our, our restaurant, you know, menu. Um, and so, you know, there are all these kind of circles of life and, you know, that have been, you know, kind of discovered and that's kind of what's, what's made it fun. Uh, and then we try to keep everything as local as we can and, and kind of, um, as, as Texan as we can, <clears throat> if we say, but, I really um, like the idea of, you know, local ranch to, to table for beef. Like, I don't know. That just, I love that idea. Well, you're a, you're a big beef guy. I am. <laughs> well, I mean, if you come down, we can go out to the ranch and you can, you know, you can pick your cow if you want, <laughs> if you, you know, want to have a steak dinner. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've never, I've only been to San Antonio one time, actually. I don't know. I think, I've uh, never been to Texas. Well, Lamarck and Galveston area are about where I go. I had relatives there and then. Uh, Houston is, you know, as well, but then work, I would always go to Dallas, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So I've only been to San Antonio one time, so I have to go back again. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dig into this. What do you think, uh, what do you get on the nose here, Tyler? Have you had a chance to know this yet? Yeah, I, um, quite a bit. I, it's like a, a good mixture of sweet and floral for me. Yeah. I get a little bit of the floral, but I also get a little bit of, uh, some of the uh, there's a light vanilla and caramel in the background, yep. um, but I definitely get the sweetness. I and can it, I can get some of the corn too, and that that comes out uh, after our first sip too. Yeah, and yeah, then revisiting sure. the nose. So uh, yeah, and you kind of jumped ahead there, but when I dove into this uh, while you guys were talking, um, I definitely got uh, I think the the corn sweetness there. <clears throat> it doesn't. I'll tell you, it doesn't drink like a one fourteen. No, I didn't think it. There wasn't a an ethanol burn or anything like that. It had a nice hug at the end. Yep, it, nice finish. But it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't ethanol in nature. It was just a. Right. You know the. And it it definitely lingers on the back of the tongue too, which is nice. Yeah, it's good. It doesn't just drop off or fall off, um, which is what we always look for in a in a finish. But yeah, I mean it's. There's definitely a, um, I don't know the 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 corn. I can I can get a little bit of that, but but it's you know overall sweetness I think is what I get, and then the it is a, a really nice finish. It's a nice warm but I, finish. I I think for this is uh, you know as high as the corn content is, mm -hmm. it doesn't really drink like that. You know. No, for sure. I, I agree with that. Um, so. When you guys, I mean, what do, what do you guys, uh, I, I'm sure most places give you a, uh, a tasting notes on their, uh, on their, um, you know, website and different things like that. What do, what do you guys generally hear from a tasting note standpoint or what, what do you get from that? Yeah, I think a lot of what you just said, um, as far as it being sweet, but yet, um, not overpoweringly um and it's kind of a nice balance you know when when i have over the years done tastings with all kinds of different varieties of, of whiskeys with people especially people that aren't a connoisseur for instance um they get caught up into what am i supposed to taste <laughs> um, 
and too much of watching wine tastings and things like that. Um, I, I my main thing is I'll give you a few hints of what what's in there, and um, something's going to remind you of a taste or a flavor from your childhood most of the time, uh, and it's usually a good flavor. Um, you know, we say nuttiness, but everybody's got a different nut that their favorite, and they'll pull that nut out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if as long as it's a good flavor, I'll tell them that they're right. <laughs> as a, I like as long as they don't we're, say nail polish, I'm okay. Right. So, <laughs> and we, we're a no judgment bourbon establishment for sure yeah yeah right and we even serve we even serve foo-foo drinks uh you know with our bourbon occasionally well this has a such a nice presence to it that i you could easily use this for cocktails if you wanted to for sure like an old-fashioned or something like that but i i mean it it tastes great by itself i mean we're neat drinkers for the most part um we'll make a, a cocktail here and there um but generally that cocktail is going to be more like an old-fashioned or a manhattan or something like that but you know, I think he, you more than me will add like a, a cube of ice to a bourbon once in a while. <laughs> like you do more mixed drinks than I I do. It they're just a little Old too fashioned. Yeah, that's about the only thing. I or make. when you go out, yeah. Uh, but they're just a little too sweet for me in general. Um, Usually, yeah. And so, I mean, when I'm at home drinking. If I'm trying something, I always will have it neat, uh, you know, usually for like the first drink of the night, too. Uh, but then if I want another, it's always an ice cube in there. Yeah. Not a lot of ice, just something to cool it down so it goes down a little quicker. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Um, I, it's funny because I kind of jumped in over like after that uh, tasting that you and I did in downtown. I, I just jumped on board the neat thing, and I, I just don't think I've ever really done anything but that yeah. since then. Um, and, it, I mean, cocktails, obviously, you know, they'll have the cube of ice and stuff like that. But but for the most part, I just I like it neat. It doesn't matter if it's a hot summer night or if it's a, you know, cold winter day or whatever. I, I still like neat. I mean, that's just uh, that's just me, I guess. I don't think the spice, though, like when you get that spice on the drinks, it doesn't really – make me hot you know like if it's a hot day or something like that so that doesn't bother me usually no this is good this is this goes down really easy um you can tell it's a little bit higher proof but it doesn't like i always there's a there's a differentiation to me between knowing it's a hot uh, high proof and and drinking like it's a high proof yeah um i can tell it's got some you know uh you know a little higher octane here but it doesn't it doesn't taste like that at all it's really balanced and um Keep losing Kenneth here. Yeah, add him back in. There we go. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoy this. Enjoy this. This is uh, this is nice. It's yeah. I don't. Yeah, go ahead. I really don't think you need to blow somebody's palate out. Yeah. Um, to prove that you have barrel strength. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For you, sure. You need to be able to taste the good flavors, um, uh, and, and and have some boldness to it. Yeah. We've and we've definitely had some um, barrel strength whiskeys that you're like, nah, this maybe you know five, a little too hot, ten, you know, proof points lower. It would have been just a little bit better, but yeah. But I mean, a lot of people right now are embracing that whole barrel proof thing and high octane thing, the hazmat type stuff or whatever. Right. But you know what? I mean, 
I don't if like you said, you want you don't want to blow out their palate, but you also, you know, want it to be bold. And I think you guys have accomplished that here. I think this is a good balance of, of both of those things. It's it's uh it's not destroying my palate. I could sit and drink this. Uh, scary scary thought is I could probably sit and drink this all night and at 114 proof that's probably not what I want to do but it's uh but I would have no problem doing it if that's you know if I'm I, always like so surprised I don't know why I am but I'll have like three drinks you know one night and three drinks the next and and the 20 points of proof like will make a difference in how I wake up. <laughs> well, I would imagine yeah. so. <laughs> You're just now figuring that out, huh? I don't know. It's just like <laughs> uh, it sucks. But, but I, you know, it's not something that while I'm drinking it, I'm like, you know, hey, like I can only have one of these because it's so strong. Like you know, as right. I'm sipping it, not thinking about tomorrow. I'm just yeah, yeah. like, yeah, this is this is strong. Like you know, I can only have one of these. But, you know, they go down, whether it's 95 proof or, you know, 120, they go down the same. The more I, the more bourbon I drink. Yeah. I, I mean, I could start to notice those things, but I, I definitely, like you said, I can tell a lot of times when a bourbon is just really high proof and it's just high proof. It's not, yeah. it's not really a good high proof. It's just, you can tell it's just really strong. This is, this is a really balanced bourbon. It's got good flavors to it. Um, it's got a nice hug at the end, but it's not an overwhelming hug that then, you know, makes me feel like my chest is on fire or anything like that. It's, it's, it's a, it's from the spices. It's not from the, it's not from the ethanol, the hug. And it's, it's nice. It's really good. And Ken, I don't know if you know this, but you are on mute. I don't know if that's on purpose, but just, uh, if you are trying to say anything. Um, so yeah, this is, I I will pipe in, you know. Full, full disclosure, and this is as Texas as it gets. I'm on the way to the San Antonio rodeo right oh. now too with my daughter. <laughs> oh, so that's awesome! We're gonna see Brad Brad, Brad Paisley tonight. Oh, that's and, uh, awesome! And represent Maverick Whiskey. So uh, that that's kind of how we roll down here. No, that's awesome. Uh, but I think I've, I think I have a good signal now. Is it uh, Paisley that has his own bourbon? Well, I was gonna say our our, um, our barrel proof. You know, I again. Is it is it uh, Paisley that has his own bourbon, or is a uh, the Highway Bourbon? It's I don't think that's Paisley. I, I have to look. Um, uh, or is that least? Well, if he if if he doesn't, we're gonna throw a bottle on stage tonight. And see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it is. High, that is Brad Paisley. You're right. It's uh, Highway Reserve Bourbon that he ages. So what he does is, uh, I think they they batch some bourbon together um and then they throw it in their uh tour truck and let it slosh around in their tour truck as they drive around so they call it the american or highway reserve bourbon is what they call it so their little their little gimmick of uh you know i think it's already aged a little bit but then they you know throw it under the the tour truck and 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 do it some more nice but he actually takes uh he actually takes part in the process he doesn't just put his name on it he actually uh participates in the i think the selection as well yeah so yeah i heard an interview with him on dad's drinking bourbon and he was talking about that but but that's cool if you get a chance to talk to him tonight uh should ask him about that trade him some trade him some uh whiskey i will i will i got i got my fabric whiskey swag on right now nice walking advertisement that's good um but but our barrel proof what i I, what i enjoy about it is that uh you put an ice cube in it that kind of it'll proof down almost to where our, our regular bourbon is. And it, it has a different character, uh, you know, even, even at that same proof. And, 
you know, that, that's been neat to see because it, it is much more intense, um, you know, even at, you know, say an 88 proof or so. Yeah, that's, um, I've noticed that a lot of times with these like full proofs and, and, you know, uh, cast strength or whatever, you, you just add a little bit of water here and there and, uh, it can totally change the profile oh, a little yeah. bit too and, and open up some things that you don't even get on the higher proof stuff, but should we yeah. go into the Rye now? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you want to? Do you think we should do the the Gen last? I would. Okay. So let me go ahead and uh, there you go, and uh, we'll go ahead and crack these open and pour a little bit of the the Rye in. So you're going into the uh, to the rodeo, huh? So uh, and then Brad Paisley. Going to the rodeo. So is that going to be a full so, event, and then Brad Paisley like closes it out? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of an iconic week in San Antonio. It's, you know, two weeks. And, and I want to say the city shuts down, but um, you know, it's a buzz. I mean, people come from all over and um, the, the stock, there's a stock show, there's a fair um, and the rodeo, uh, you know, goes in the AT&D Center, which is our arena. And they have, you know, full rodeo for a couple hours and, and then usually a music act afterward so is there a, um, it's fun is there yeah. a big like uh fair with it as well it's huge yeah it's huge and so uh, they, they kick the spurs out for two weeks that kind of shows you how big it is the san antonio spurs uh and they they all draw you know as many you know during those two weeks as the spurs almost draw you know all year so wow um you can't... it's just kind of a it's a cultural thing but it, you know it's kind of authentic to the um the region and um you know we're we're new we're, we're actually hoping to you know maybe be a sponsor there you know next year i mean it's all big companies but um you know it's it's kind of our our demographic sure you know if you will yeah. we're you know you know texas loving bourbon drinkers <laughs> not that we don't discriminate against non-texan bourbon drinkers but well and you, what's, can't, uh, you can't have a name you know, as a basketball starting, team we're starting in san antonio and growing out sure. what's the other big one um that usually is centered around uh, the, what is it? Fiesta. Is that the one that's usually centered around the Texas Oklahoma Sooners uh, football game? Oh, the red is that's the Red River River rivalry. Uh, that's the Texas State Fair. That's in Dallas. Okay, yeah, okay. In Dallas. That's the State Fair. Yeah. But is that another uh, really big another, one? Yeah, no, it's huge. It's huge. Yes. Uh, there's another San Antonio event that's called Fiesta, which is actually. Uh, kind of a festival to celebrate the heroes of, of San Jacinto and the Texas Revolution. Um, and the city shuts down for about two weeks and drinks a lot. And, um, you know, it's fun. It's kind of an iconic, you know, it's kind of, we, we call it Mexican Mardi Gras, basically. Oh. <laughs> where, Is it uh, along the boardwalk you know, and all everybody that? Everybody takes off work, a lot of parades, and, uh, you know, oh, the, a good, a good time fun. to be downtown. So the, uh, the rye... I'm definitely picking up on the nose on that for the, I, I definitely get the, uh, oh, I love that. I know. So, so just for a little, for you guys, I'm not a huge rye guy. He is, um, he's a big rye fan. Uh, there's only a couple of ryes that I really, really like truly, truly enjoy. Um, so this will, this will be a, a nice little, uh, tester for me, but, um, but if, if I make any face or anything like that, I'm just not a rye person. He, he loves rye though. So he'll be the, he'll be the better barometer on this than I am. I, uh, I hate pickles, uh, but I love the dill flavor that, um, 
I, I, I feel like most rise that I get that off of it just, you know, whether it's tempered in one brand versus, you know, you get a will it and it feel like, feels like you're, or it tastes like you're drinking pickle juice, you know? Yeah. But I love yeah. it, but I hate pickles. <laughs> See, I love pickles, but then when I find that in a rye, that's sometimes, I, I wouldn't say it's always off-putting because it, I've had some where I've enjoyed it. And I don't know what it is to me about rye's, like... Um, like I enjoy Nictor's rye, but they use a really low barrel entry proof and maybe that's why I like theirs. I, I don't know. Um, but this smells nice on the Our, nose. Ours is, ours is, ours is a high percentage. I mean, we, we kind of, uh, built the mash bill to be, you know, kind of like the old Western rise, which was rye yeah. and, and, you know, some, some malt to get, get it going. And so, you know, it's kind of, kind of, you know, what, Doc Holiday had on the bar, uh, if you will. Yeah. So, so what are you talking? Uh, high, like like ninety five five in that kind of MGP range, or what are you guys? What are you guys doing? Or is it undisclosed? No, we're. It's more around seventy five. Seventy five. Uh, okay. Just you know, so you can get some production out of it. Sure. For one thing, yeah. I think you'll like that. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I'm enjoying the nose so far. I'm just. I'm always afraid to take that first drink of rye. <laughs> I don't know why, because <laughs> I never know what I'm going to get on those. And there's a really uh, unique oh, yeah. mouthfeel. Yeah. There's some, uh, it's almost oiliness, but it's not quite. It's like a, do I want to say like a graininess, I but it's without being grainy? You know? I got more of a crispness. Um, it's it's almost like a clean feeling in your mouth is what I feel like like not not like a scope or something or a listerine but like clean as in like it right. it feels like a clean um, I don't know that's probably not the right filtered almost almost minty yeah okay yeah that's it is a little minty but I I just meant the feeling in the mouth like it's just a it's like clean feel it doesn't I don't know like I don't feel like a, a texture as much as like say with the bourbon. Um, I feel like a, it's just like a clean liquid in, in my mouth. I'm, I'm the, uh, maybe it's the aftertaste with it too. That's, it's definitely light and airy as far as viscosity. That's the word. But, uh, that's maybe it's the, the aftertaste that I'm, I'm tasting. That's like a, um, it's a little bit more full, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, this, I've, I like it actually. Yeah. This is, uh. A little surprising for me because I don't always like the the rye whiskeys, but this is good. I like this, um, and it is a. It definitely doesn't have the same finish uh, as the uh, the bourbon, but it does have that peppery finish. So yeah. I, so there's a little bit of peppery on the back of the tongue and into the throat, but it's not like a strong, long, long finish or anything like some ryes give me. Yeah, uh, it's just a nice. It's a nice crisp finish. Um, it's not short. Or anything like that, but this is good. I like this, and I think this uh, leans a little bit more towards like a mixer, Michter's rye. You know, yeah. There's not a ton of dill in there. Um, no, but there is some dill. I, I yeah. am getting some. Um, it's lighter, but just more traditionally in the rye is like a little bit more spice oriented. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about distribution and and uh, trying to work your way out. So so. Where are where all are you available at this point? So in the local San Antonio area, we're in Specs, we're in uh, uh, Total Wine, 
um, or and and a lot of the mom and pops uh, were starting, you know, to be in restaurants and bars and that sort of thing. And um, we kind of picked San Antonio as the you know the middle target. Then we're moving out to New Braunfels, San Antonio, Austin. You know, kind of as um, we're able to you know both supply it and you know service service those accounts. So we're you know just trying to grow slowly and organically. Okay, so I mean, is it Texas only then right now, or or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's Texas only. Yeah. Well, I feel uh, pretty uh, pretty good that we have some of this oh, in yeah. front of us here up in Ohio. This is nice. Um, this is good. I, I have a a buddy. So are you guys upwards of uh, Dallas at all? In in the like availability. It's starting uh, there, to get yeah, into Dallas. Stores. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There there are a couple stores in Dallas, a couple in the Panhandle, a couple in Houston. I mean, it's a smattering. All right. I've got a friend that lives in Dallas that I might have to reach out to for uh, a little bit more of this. So <laughs> he's, he's my Texas connection when it comes to uh, finding stuff that sometimes we can't get up here. Yeah. So that's good. Um, no, this is this is good. I, I could drink this rye. And, and that's for me, that's saying a lot sure. because I, I if if you looked in my bourbon cave, there's probably five no there's there's five mictors at least so yeah. and I, there's probably 20 rise in there altogether out of my whole collection yeah and um you know this is one that i i would definitely want to keep on the shelf i think if i if i could get a you know get to this this is sure. good this is nice um i'm gonna go ahead and take another drink of this before we go to the gin but so love the bottle this is probably one of my favorite bottles with that uh with that glass design um, and then the way that the, the signatures worked into the glass, I know we were talking about that earlier, but, but I love that I, for me, that's, that's a big part of, I don't know, the overall brand and story to me. Um, you know, when you can have a, a, a bourbon or a whiskey that tastes really good, but it also just looks really nice on the yep. shelf. That's just something sometimes I'll just, I'll reach for that just because of the look of it sometimes. Oh, yeah. and, and you know, when you have both of those, which you do, uh, this is a, this is good. I like, uh, both the rye and the bourbon so far. So, and I, I will say, I think I've only had gin one time in my life. So this is going to be, I, this is going to be a new experience uh, when we get to the gin. Maybe three times. Yeah. So a little backstory on me. I lived in uh, I lived in England for a little while, and I would go to Plymouth, and I would so I did their little Plymouth Gin tour there, and uh, that's the I think that's the only time I've ever had gin in my life. I'm gonna pour a small sample. Well, we only Not have too. one bottle, so you need. To oh, okay. Save, you <laughs> this need to is save gonna be different than what you've experienced. Okay. Then. Okay. <sighs> This is American Contemporary Gins, and that's the latest thing coming on. Okay. Um, now, you know, gins have to have juniper, but they don't say tell you how much. Yeah. So you can dial back some of that juniper, but you can also, it's kind of like, I always say it's like the IPA of spirits. Uh, you know, everybody in the brewing industry makes an IPA, and every one of them is different. Yeah. And that's what you can do with a gin, because basically you start, with a uh, blank canvas and you're adding the color to it. Um, so you just want a Ooh. good balance from earth to bright. That's a nose and a half. Yeah, that definitely jumped out at me. That's a, uh, is that the juniper that I'm smelling? Well, you're going to smell juniper. You're going to get a little cardamom, um, cardamom. And, and you're going to get some uh, uh, grapefruit peel. 
as well oh, as a bright am. finish. Gosh, I'm glad you said I would have never yeah. picked that out on my own, but now that you said that, it, oh, it just, immediately, grapefruit, grapefruit peel. That's that's what I was getting. If you want to just smell Key West, <laughs> Key I feel West. like just <laughs> dip your dip your nose in this. Like, yeah. The, this puts that, me right wow. on a beach in Florida. I wasn't sure what I was, and and so because I wasn't sure where this was going, like memory recall or sensory recall, I didn't know if I enjoyed the smell. But as soon as you said grapefruit peel, now I'm like, oh, I really like this yeah. smell. <laughs> the nose. It's now that I've, I'm able to actually, you know, connect the the uh, the smell with the the sensory recall. I, gin is I'm gin this. is like tequila, man. Like takes. It takes some uh, cojones for me to sip it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I can drink tequila like it's going out of style. Oh. That's not a problem. And I, in well, fact, that, I, that's one thing we also are producing is uh, agave spirits. So, like mezcal, or what are you? What are you doing? It's um, it's agave. We start with uh, pure blue agave uh, concentrate, and then we ferment it. We can't call it tequila. Yeah. But it's called agave blanco is our, our clear, and then we have a reposado okay. uh, that we've aged in barrels. Ooh. And the agave is is just now starting to hit the open market. So oh wow, uh, we're kind of excited about that. Yeah, I just sat down. I was in St. Louis for my son's volleyball tournament just last weekend, and uh, I sat down at a bottle shop that was also they did wine, they did bourbons, and they had a ton of mezcal. And I'd never had mezcal before, so he was giving me like a little brief uh, history of, of mezcal. And he had lived in the uh, kind of I can't remember the name of the region. Um, I'll have to look real quick. But uh, he had lived in that region for like six months, so he had uh, really gotten into the mezcal stuff. So he was he was keeping a lot of mezcal. Uh, you know where you know Oaxaca. That's what it was called. You you know how uh, you know inevitably you had a bad experience or someone had a bad experience with wild turkey 101 in college it's usually tequila in my in my yeah uh, yeah but someone's like you know i can't drink whiskey anymore because of wild turkey you know that i had or right, something right. you know bad experience with jack daniels i don't even know the brand but it's whatever one has the little worm at the bottom of it uh you know buddy the, the one uh, there, there could be one there could be 500 i don't know um, but a buddy of, of mine in college, uh, me and him just got through the bottle and got down to that and it was not a good night. And ever since then, tequila's not been. So I had a night like that on a new year's in college and I couldn't touch tequila for like probably two years after that. Just the smell of it or the thought of it made me almost gag. But now I'm back to full, full bore <laughs> tequila. It doesn't bother me. I can drink tequila. Anytime. But this is fantastic. Did you drink it? Yes. All right. I'm about to dive in here. I don't know why, but it's just like, it's, it's like a gin, but nothing like I've ever had. Yeah. Well, I can't really say because like they said, it's, they can all be different. Our gin, our, oh yeah. Our, our gin, I had a similar I had a similar college experience where I think I thought I just didn't like gin, but it turns out I, was, I just drank bad gin. <laughs> and we kind of designed our gin, you know, with, with local ingredients and, you know, as well, like Kevin mentioned, the grapefruit zest is from the, the valley, which is the, the kind of fruit belt in South Texas. And um, the, the rosemary in it is actually from uh, some rosemary plants at one of my offices. And pecans are from our backyard. And so, we, you know, we try to keep it kind of ultra local. But 
um, it's not it's not real juniper forward. So I think it, it doesn't you know drink like you know a, a heavy you know uh, juniper forward gin. So I don't know much about gin. Like what what goes yeah. what goes into that? You know, can you throw different things like that in there to give it that taste? Yeah, it, it's kind of like it's a making a recipe in that you want balance. You're going to have a lot of bright notes from certain things, so you want to balance them with some earthiness. So there's things like orris root and angelica root and and some of those. Uh, herbs to balance out the sharpness of some of the other we put in uh, Mexican marigold in there Um, so you want to just create a flow and balance so that one's not overpowering but yet enhances each other well, and I, I'm not Definitely a gin taste expert the, by the any. Definitely the rosemary in there too. As soon as you said that, I was like, Yeah, I'm not a gin expert by any means, but I could drink this, no problem. Especially uh, Kenneth, after you said that, I've been doing. Uh, I'm on a um, a prime ribeye roast kick, uh, and just you know doing those lately. And uh, you know, I put rosemary right. as as an herb on in my rub for those. And then as soon as he as soon as he said that, I'm like, "That's it. Yeah. That's in there." So, how do people drink gin generally? Do they uh, gin generally? Uh, do they <laughs> drink it on the rocks, or do they drink it neat? I mean, what's what's the standard or the, you know, the if there is a bougie way to drink it or whatever? How, what's the martinis? Well, there's gin yeah, martinis. martinis. Sure. Yeah, um, and, and there's gin and tonics, and there's. Uh, you know, there's a number of foo-foo drinks out there that are, are great. And our mixologist comes up with some of the most fantastic ones I've ever tasted. And I don't do foo-foo. <laughs> um, I even, all my spirits, I drink like y'all. I'll drink either straight up or on the rocks. And normally I'll drink a gin on the rocks okay. because I want to taste all those flavors. I don't want to get it mixed up with all the mixers that go right. with it. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so I'm not a mixed drink and I get static for this because everybody in the media asks, what's your favorite cocktail? <laughs> uh, dilute it maybe with a little ice. Sure. That's my cocktail. All right. I mean, that's, I mean, you're adding something to it. I guess that technically makes it a cocktail, so, right? So, uh, speaking of stupid media questions, I'll ask. Uh, I haven't asked this stupid question in a while. Um, what do you guys enjoy drinking that's not your own brand? That is a stupid media question. Water, <laughs> water. water. <laughs> I know. Obviously, Kenneth, you've been you know home distilling for you know who knows how long. So. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure not much else, but you know, if if you had a bottle to grab that wasn't your own, is there something that you, uh, whether it's just a brand or a specific, you know, bourbon that you like? I, I kind of hey. go, go ahead, Ken. No, no, I mean, I, you know, you know, just just like you all, it's just always fun to discover something new, and and you know, there there are a lot of actually Texas distilleries popping up, and it's really kind of becoming its own kind of genre and you know if i grab a bottle you know you could, i could say i'm tasting the competition but uh and you know part of it is seeing you know how we stack up but 
um, you know, there, there are a lot of neat distilleries, you know, even in San Antonio and kind of the hill country that are popping up. And then, I mean, that's usually what I'll grab is just you know, kind of a random bottle of another, you know, te- Texas distillery. Yeah. Nice. See what they're up to and see yeah, how you stack up. I, you know, if I, if I had a distillery, you know, like you guys, I would find it so hard not to, to want to taste other other people's stuff just right. in the just in the sense almost of almost like a barometer or a well barometer, but compass. you're just like I mean I would be like God yeah that's that's pretty damn good or you know just yeah you, I, I I think it's kind of like what the craft brewing industry went through and that you you want to see what's out there and get new ideas but you also want to support yeah sure you want to support that guy that's fighting the big guy right right so yeah I'm like Ken if I go to a whiskey bar out of town, I'm going to ask what's the local that you have yeah. and, and, and try that. Um, you know, it, cause there's so many good ones out there on the big market. Oh yeah. I'm a rye fan. Just like you. I, I, I enjoy whistle pig. That's really good booze. Um, and so if I'm just grabbing a nice bottle, um, out of town, I'll probably grab that. Yeah. If I, Obviously, we can't get ours, but um, you know, I, I normally drink local. Yeah, yeah. and we have. Uh, I, I would say that you know our unique taste, uh, you know, or, or view on bourbon is, um, for the most part, we we try not to uh, delve too much into secondary and supporting that, um, and just we just realize there's so much good bourbon out there. Um, you know, you don't need to, to go and spend crazy amounts on a, 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 you know, Buffalo Trace product, Sazerac product rather. Um, and just, there's so many great single barrel picks of just regular stuff, you know. Well, and I think we're, we're into bourbon now to the point where we are enjoying it almost like the IPA or the craft movement in beer, because we want to see what everyone else is doing. We want to see. You know, even if it's not our taste profile, I still want to taste it just to to see if it's something that uh, is unique or, you know, they're doing something a little different than someone else. Um, right. You know, so that's that's fun for me is finding just different bourbons or ones I've never tasted before or craft distilleries to try to find and experience something that maybe they're doing something just a little different. And like, you know, you guys being, you know, in Texas and having, you know, those hot summers. You know, that I, I love, you know, the, the way that the wood maturation happens a little bit faster than the, than the, uh, oxidation, you know, potentially. And so you're, you're like chasing that, that wood maturation a lot of times because it, it's so hot there. You're just getting so much of the wood quickly. And I, I think that's an interesting, uh, but it also imparts a lot of the flavor. Too. Oh, it does. No, for sure. So, it does. And, and you have to be patient with it and, and don't let it get away from you. Right. You know, yeah. Probably. It's, it is interesting because what you, what you, you know, one methodology that happened that works and, and everyone seems to maybe like in Kentucky isn't necessarily going to work in Texas. And I just, I just love that. Even though you're making potentially the same mash bill, you know, probably different yeast strains and stuff like that, but in different corn sources and things and, and whatever's in the ground is going to affect that I'm sure too. But just, you know, just that little thing of being, you know, however many hours south of Kentucky and that much more heat throughout the year, you know, just what it does to that maturation process is just so unique and so interesting. 
And I, you know, right. it's it's a whole different ball game. Even though you're you're both making bourbons, it, it's a completely different. I feel like anyway, it's com- you're not going to get similar similar tastes or similar yeah. flavors, and that's what I that's what I find unique and I like about it. Right, me too. Well, there's a, a terroir, you know, to kind of use a wine phrase, where uh, you know, even the water. I mean, we're we're lucky, and I think a lot of these Texas distilleries are popping up because we have. A really good water source there's a, a limestone aquifer uh that we pull out of and it's good for brewing and, and distilling and you know at the same time um you know the microclimate of our of our bank vault or our you know our ranch warehouse you know there, you can't replicate that and yeah. you know it is what it is and yeah this is our taste and you know, we're not trying to be a Kentucky bourbon. We're right. trying to be a, a Texas bourbon. Yeah, and have I, you guys I think that's th- a good thing that you're not trying to be that Kentucky bourbon. I like that. Yeah. Have you guys also thought about doing a like a, a visitor center um, out on the ranch? Yeah, um, you know, that, you know, we got a lot of projects going. On right <laughs> yeah, now. I'm sure. So, uh, uh, there's, yeah. you know, that, that's a you know that's a ten year plan. That, sure, that maybe my kid's problem, not, not mine. <laughs> I like it, but you know, we're grooming the road, you know, I hop on the tractor and you know, how you know, big is the sure ranch? That, uh, uh, it's about 120 acres. Oh, wow. nice. That's good size. So, but uh, I, what I love is there anything uh, better than a, bourbon and beef? There's a horse farm. Yeah. There's a horse farm next door. Um, there's more prickly pears. We call it cactus. You know, they're just beautiful. And you know, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, there are, our bourbon barrels seem happy. You know, that's kind of, yeah. We, we try to keep them happy. What I what I loved in that statement, and it might have just been immediately glossed over and just kind of, uh, you know, lost in the in the rest of the story. But the thing that I picked up from that is, this is where you know that you're a whiskey or a bourbon producer when you when you say things like, "Oh, that's a problem for my kids," because <laughs> yeah. I mean that's because it's a generational thing, basically. You know, it's it's. It is. You know, you, you could be creating yeah, how many how many batches or how many, you know, it, it takes anywhere from four, depending on how long you're aging these things. And, and, you know, I don't know how long you can age in Texas before it potentially, like you said, maybe gets away from you. But, you know, these these are long projects. These aren't just uh, quick things. Yeah. I, and that's a that's uh, that that's interesting that, <laughs> that you said it like that. That's I like. You don't that. just start uh, aging whiskey and say, "Yeah, get out of it in a year or two. Right? It, it's a, it's a <laughs> it's a potentially a generational thing. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I know we're uh, a little over an hour here. We try to we try to keep it right at an hour. Um, I know that we've done a decent amount of talking on our side, and and you guys. Uh, is there anything you didn't get a chance to talk about that you really wanted to touch on, or make sure that uh, you know you told people that uh, that are listening? Well, I mean, we're we're really just trying to make it an experiential thing, and um, you know the the kind of centerpiece of our whole you know process is. Um, this little distillery across from the Alamo in downtown San Antonio. And, and that's kind of, kind of where it, where it started. And, um, you know, that's part of the, the terroir, uh, but we've got a lot of, we have a lot of stories to tell, you know, about the bottle and the, you know, the processes that, you know, if you're, you're in San Antonio, you know, please stop by and, uh, and, and you too as well, you know, we'd love, love to have you down. And that, that really kind of completes the circle because, you know, it, it's the taste, it's the smell, it's the sight. Oh, know, for that, sure. It is really, you know, kind of, kind of our whole package. 
and you can hold a bottle and, and taste it. You know, we're obviously trying to put a, a really good product out there, but uh, there's so many layers to it that, you know, we're, we're trying to stay true to. Um, and that's just kind of the, you know, the pinnacle of it, what you're holding in your hand right there. Sure. And so, I, I mean, you guys the, are the doing... history plays a big role in it. I mean, from what we can tell and what we can taste here, you guys are doing things the right way, it sounds like. I mean, I love the, you know, Texas sourced, you know, story. That's always cool. Yep. Um, the packaging is outstanding. The The product is outstanding inside the package, which, I mean, the package can be amazing. But if what's inside of it isn't any good, then, you know, what are you doing? You might get one. You might get a one-off, and then they never come back to it. But this is something I could definitely see people coming back to. And what I'm interested to see is, you know, that, four years from now, five years from now to see, you know, how that's growing at that point. But this is, this is really good. And I've, but even for being, um, I guess if you want to say it's younger, like that's a phenomenal project. Great, uh, not project, uh, product. It's great color. Um, yeah. tastes amazing. It's just, you know, again, like dude said, I, I can't wait for some of the, the older stuff too. Yeah, and, and yeah. so one of the things we always like, uh, you know, our guests to be able to do is, you know, how can people find you? Uh, social media, are you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those things? Um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not sure about Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we have a Twitter account. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, I got I got to plug our uh, online merchandise. If you you uh, going to need a T-shirt or a hat or something like that. Um, the, our, our store manager is also on the phone tonight, Kevin. <laughs> so, so, you know, you can send an email and, uh, you know, we can get you a, a Maverick hat or a Maverick whiskey hat or, or uh, you know, to, to try to spread the love. So you have hats, you have, you have shirts, I'm assuming. What about, uh, and this is like a totally, you know, Texas or maybe it's a stereotype. Do you have belt buckles? Not yet. Uh, um, we have a belt. Yeah, we have a belt. Right. We have a, a knitted belt. Knitted belt. I have one on right now. Going to the rodeo. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have we have some flasks. We have um, what else? Do we have Kevin. Glassware. Glassware. And, whiskey and, discs. And, yeah. and this is all on got, available on the website. And we're just on the website. We're just getting it off the ground right now. We've, we're in the process of getting more items. So. All right. And I see you guys have some different labels, and they're just phenomenal. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I I really appreciate. I know you're on your way to the rodeo, and I appreciate your time. And and I know we had to reschedule this a couple weeks back, but um, I'm I'm glad you were patient with us, and uh, I'm glad you were able to come on. I I really appreciate uh, your time tonight. This has been great for me. I I really enjoyed this. This is. Uh, this is some good whiskey from the rye to the bourbon. Also, that gin. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a gin connoisseur, but uh, I enjoyed what I had tonight. So, um, so that's something, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I did love the nose on that gin too. That was once you said the grapefruit peel. That was uh, uh, I couldn't get Phenomenal. that out. Of, I couldn't get that out of my and head. The rosemary. That's just yeah. But uh, yeah, thank well, you so much. I appreciate you having us on. Um, uh, I, I enjoy these talks. Yeah, it's always fun to. No, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to table something else? You know, again, we have uh, you know, some other offerings. We'll keep you posted. Perfect. And again, thank you for your time. We really enjoyed our uh, talk with you guys today, and your bourbon was outstanding. Um, 
if you're trying to follow us, uh, go into your uh, podcast app and make sure you subscribe. That way, every Thursday when we come out with a new episode, you will automatically be alerted and download that so that you can listen. And uh, you can find us on Instagram at The Bourbon Hunters. Uh, we're always posting what we're drinking there and what we're finding in the stores. So give us a follow and uh, give us a subscribe. And if you have time, give us a reach out on uh, reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. That always helps get good guests. Thank you. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.